Hello, welcome to episode 14 of Sitcom Geeks, the British comedy guide podcast that tells you everything you want to know about sitcom, even if you were emboldened to ask. Uh, as this is the last show of 2015, we thought we'd look back on the last year and discuss our favourite sitcoms. Uh, joining us uh, is the fantastically knowledgeable Alex Hardy, who is the comedy critic of The Times. Hello. Hi, Alex. Now, I'm just curious <laughs> to know, does any other paper have a journalist who works across comedy? Who is it? I know they have like hmm. live people and they have TV um, people. I'm like. not sure. I know that um, at The Independent, Alice Jones works across arts. So You have to be would... called Alex. Alice then. Jones. Oh, Alice, yeah. right. Um, yeah, you have to have an AL. Right, yeah. okay. it so. Al... There's probably someone called Alan or sure there is. Alistair, right. all of those. Yeah. So you're comedy and TV. That's right. You, yes. wouldn't, you wouldn't call yourself a TV critic. You call yourself a comedy critic. Um, but a bit of both, really. And okay. I really it's enjoy allowed. working across both because you see how people's live shows feed into their TV work. Right. And that. It's um, yeah. very interesting looking at the distinction between the two. Mm, I think it's very good. A very good idea because there's very there's so few people who are working in comedy that the chances are that the people that you're seeing live you're going to be seeing them or hearing them on the radio or seeing them on TV within sort of two or three years anyway, aren't you? So yes, and it, it is. Does, does kind yeah. of make sense, I think. Um, just before we come on to our uh, look back at the last year, we're going to talk about uh, your first 10 pages. Remember, we've uh, asked you to send in your uh, first 10 pages. Those of you not afraid to put your heads above the parapet, send us the first 10 pages of your sitcom. Uh, James and I offer our opinions on them. We've had a pretty good response and... and the next sitcom we're going to be looking at is Violet Falls by David Byrne and Matilda Gregory. If you go to the Facebook page, um, and you'll be, you'll be able to find a link onto a site where you can download the PDF of the first 10 pages, so you can read for yourself uh, what this script says and make up your own mind and decide that we're talking absolute rubbish. Um, but of course we're not, because we are, we are geeks, so we know what we're talking about. Mm. Um, uh, what did you? Uh, let me just explain what this one is about, shall I? Yeah, yeah. This is a sitcom that is set in Violet Falls. It says at the very start, a sign reads, Violet Falls, retirement home for elderly actors, actresses and other theatrical professionals. No jugglers. Now, and, I, I, just before we sort of go into detail about that, um, that's the, the, the first thing that I liked about this, was that we got in the opening line uh, what it's about. Yeah. Well, not only that, we've got a joke. Yeah. No, no jugglers. Yeah. Good yeah. joke. Straight in. So yeah. here we are. And um, rather, I'm not going to particularly uh, summarise uh, the plot because otherwise it would probably take a little bit too long. But short, uh, so somebody clearly has died. They go to a funeral. They come back. Somebody else's other half is looking worse for wearing at death's door. Somebody else comes in. Uh, so they go. And then there's a bit of a song where somebody starts singing and everyone joins in because obviously they're real uh, theatre types and therefore... It's all uh, it's sort of like very old people's glee or something, and um, and then you get a uh, an exchange where somebody wakes up and they're worried that there's now no money for funerals and um, they're going to have to cut back somehow. And then we uh, then there's a revelation that somebody's been having an affair. So those are the sorts of things that happen in 10 pages. So in one sense, a lot is happening. A lot is happening. And I think uh, the, the, to, to go with the positives first, um, they, there are obviously there's like two very clear plots that are, that are set up in those first 10 pages. Uh, the first one, as you mentioned, is that uh, the fu funerals, that they're cutting the cost of funerals, which is a serious thing if you're in a 
home, well, for people who are all retired and very old, um, and and it, the, the the show actually starts with a with a funeral. Anyway, we we managed to get a funeral in first, even before that story. And then the next story is about someone else whose husband is about to die, and it turns out he's been having an affair. Now they're they're okay. They're not massively original stories, but they are two good stories with with a lot of potential, and they're both set up very quickly. They are set up very quickly. However. Um, so can we talk about those whilst we've got those? Yeah. So, so in one sense, what's what's going on here is, to me at the moment, um, it feels like um, a lot is actually happening. So there are events and there are revelations. But at the moment, we don't have any active active stories or quests. So there is a funeral. Somebody's died. There's a revelation that someone's on death's door. There's a revelation there's not as much money for funerals. Although I have a slight logic issue that the cost of funerals is up to individuals and not the home. So I'm, I'm worried about that. Okay. Then there's a revelation of an affair. But what I don't know is what this means for any one of the characters. Mm. And the characters don't seem to have anything to actually do. So, so we're ten yeah. pages in. Stuff is happening. People are talking. There are jokes. Great. But my worry is I don't know who's trying to achieve what. And mm-hmm. I don't know how they will succeed or fail in that. And what happens if they do or yeah. don't. But yeah, I mean, for me, the big problem, there are jokes. They're very funny jokes. I laughed a lot. Uh, and uh, which, you know, it's great. It's a start. It's a great start. Yeah. But I didn't get a sense of uh, there are about th- the, the three or four main actory characters. And, of course, it's great. We can all have lots of fun about old actors. A, a, a casting dream, this show would be. Imagine who you could get to... Um, Imagine who you could get to be in this show. You know, Judy Dench, Michael Gambon. Uh, Stephanie uh, Cole could be yeah. in another old people's yeah. sitcom, even though she's <laughs> probably only about 45 when she right. was waiting for God. Right, yeah. So, um, and Roy Clark could probably help write it. He's probably only 45 now. He was about three when he first started writing uh, <laughs> Last of the Sun Wine, apparently. Um, but you don't, there's no sense of uh, differentiation between yes. the characters. And so... Uh, so although I, I, I disagree slightly, I do think there's plots are set up reasonably well, but I don't feel that I know each of the characters and what, why, why, the, why them, why this particular plot. There's yeah. one, there's one obvious character called Henry Shakespeare, who is obviously uh, the the one with most gravitas. So he gets to uh, read out the eulogy at the funeral, but but there's there's not a lot else to differentiate. Uh, the characters yet, you know, it's ten pages. I, I would, I, I would, to to take the James Carey. Would you like to? Would you carry on reading? Uh, I would carry on reading. Yeah, uh, me too. Re- and I think I really want to start to see. I want, I want to get to know these characters. But I, I mean, I would read it to the end just because I'd like more jokes and so and I, yeah. this person, these people can write jokes and that's great. But I do have a worry that the that it's slightly hold below the waterline in terms of. Um, the stories just, although as I say, stuff is happening. I don't, I have a problem with that. But Dave is less worried about that than I am. I think that overlap between characters is a problem, mm. and that I would want that to be more differentiated in the first ten pages. And I think one of the problems, though, is because they all talk quite a lot and for quite a long time, and there's a mm. lot of reminiscing, that it feels ultimately a little bit retrospective at yeah. times, rather than what they're trying to do. So what, I mean, obviously there's comparison here to Waiting for God, which is a retirement home sitcom. And what that show did very well was it was very much 
um, there was lots of little politics and where they sort of picked on each other and that kind of stuff. Whereas here it felt like there was lots of harking back and not quite as much yeah. going forward, which I, I would like to have seen a bit more of. Yeah, and I, th- I think in sketches, these kind of characters are always funny. I wonder how how I will feel 25 minutes in having watched three episodes yeah. of these people. Yeah. They, and, and they it might are, be too much pudding, yeah, basically. It's sort yeah. of, it's lot, there's lots of pudding here, which is great, yeah. but ultimately you, you need a little bit of meat. Yeah. Um, so that would be my worry, but... Lots, lots to like, and um, I also wonder the overall. It's very big and daft, and the sitcom. It's very sitcommy mm. in that sense, and it is unashamedly sitcommy, which yeah. is great. Mrs. Brown's Boys is very sitcommy, so that, that and that was commissioned, yeah. and that's fine. I just have a worry that this is the sort of thing where people enjoy reading it, but ultimately they're not going to want to make it. Mm. But you know, I would be very happy to be proved wrong on that. Um, and in one sense, you should write the show that you want to write, and so just you know, carry on with it. So that's Violet Falls. Thank you very much. Keep sending them, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Okay, so down to our main business. So uh, we're going to start by, with the sitcoms that uh, had their first airing this year. So what have been, uh, Alex, what have been your favourite uh, sitcoms of the year? Well, I think just as journalists who write across the arts have to be called Al of some kind, my, <laughs> I think the three I'd pick out probably from this year are, um, all begin with C, which mm-hmm. is Catastrophe, Chewing Gum and Car Share, I think have all been interesting or important in some way. Um, so Catastrophe, obviously the Channel 4 um, sitcom um, that's done two series this year, which must be some kind of a record. That's but, astonishing, um, isn't it? It how is, How yeah. quickly they turned around. When the second series came out, I thought, hang on, this is not, yeah. what, well, it's just astonishing. Sure, yeah, so it's sort of Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney um, writing in partnership and they also star in it and I think they've got a great chemistry. They've done something that's um, quite relatable in terms of it's about a, a couple who meet and have a baby without knowing each other very well. So all of that sort of like sort of 30-something, 40-something relationship angst and um, it just sort of fits Channel 4's philosophy of stay in the bedroom in terms of sort of quite rude scenes and so on. But it's I think it's sort of a really... Um, you know, relatable characters, a bit naughty, um, lots of jokes, um, and I think it has sort of done astonishingly well. I think they've, they've, they've sort of been nominated for lots of awards as well, but I think the sort of chemistry of their writing partnership shows in the scripts, and um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy that one. Good, yeah. And I think it's um, it's interesting how we, we talk a lot about, you know, there's not enough narrative sitcoms being made, but I think... Uh, Channel Four are—they are trying to go for um, what, what, what are kind of essentially more kind of conventional types of sitcom, even though, as you say, they're they're, they're Channel Fourifying it, you know, making sure it goes takes place in in the bedroom more. So I mean, that, well, what's that... good about also what's good about it is it's 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 really clear as to what it's about. It's not about mm. um, somebody just sort of hapless. Oh, what am I going to do with my life? That kind of thing. It is about yeah. them. It's about a baby. It's really clear. And so when you're watching it, you have no yeah. doubts about what it's about. So it, I think it is really, I th- maybe that is why it has done so well. It's because it, it's been really focused on where the jokes yeah. are, what you know, it's set out. Mm. It's still with, with this sort of show. We're not that sort of show. And obviously once, if they do 24 of them <laughs> by the end of next year, yeah. uh, they could maybe branch <laughs> it out a bit. But at the moment it feels like this is yeah. very much, mm. Well, the um, second series focused. started branching out a little in terms of they looked at the re- relationships with the parents and so mm. on, like the father's mm. problem with de- with dementia and so on. That um, 
I think they they sort of had have made suggestions mm. of other sort of emotional conflicts beyond the confines of their partnerships, yeah. and and I think it looks looks promising for. But obviously they're going to become horribly successful and famous mm-hmm. and go to America, and that'll be the end of it after well, three she, series, and yeah. that'll be done. She's um writing something with and um, I think it's a Sarah Jessica Parker sitcom called Divorce about um a lady who has who is in the middle of a divorce, as mm. the title would suggest. But um, so she's obviously doing a lot of writing. But it seems like Rob Delaney is more, who's the American half mm. of the partnership, seems more UK-focused. He's doing a lot of live dates next year here. So, um, it seems, yeah, it's it seems that the grass is greener, doesn't it? Yeah. They're both trying to get work yeah. in the other one's country. But right. that's also <laughs> quite good in terms of the success of the sitcom because it's very popular in America as well. Yeah. So mm. it's, um, it's a good way of sort of keeping mm. that momentum going, I suppose. Yeah. We talked as well about uh, we've talked about you know comedy comedy for comedy fans and comedy for com- uh, audiences <laughs> who aren't necessarily comedy fans and I and I think I, I agree with you I think Peter K is definitely in that uh, category I think Peter K gets an audience that doesn't normally watch comedy and I thought Car Share to me was not judging it as a sitcom it's not the funniest show around but I I really liked it. But I mean, in terms of this as being a podcast for you, what sort of sitcoms can you write? Well, uh, oh, I'd like to write a sitcom that's not necessarily funny, but it's got Peter <laughs> Kay in it, and that's okay because he'll just make because he's just so watchable. Um, which of course uh, you can't do unless you happen to have a very good friendship with Peter Kay, um, which Danny Baker does, fortunately. <laughs> and, right. and so the, my other C, my full C, would be Cradle to Grave, right? Um, which is I think functions as a sitcom, um, right. and so. Peter Kay it's just incredible in that actually I thought he was right. really really good yeah mm. yeah. yeah I liked and I, I, I did like Karsha and it did and in, and it was unusual and stuck very very firmly with this you know this kind of will they won't they relationship the sort of right you, yeah. you, you're kind of stuck right in <laughs> with them with it at you know from from the moment it starts and it's just and it's a it's just a boring car journey you know and that's what i suppose what mm. you just i just found myself kind of drawn into it really almost uh, he is very watchable isn't he he is yeah, very watchable yeah and so. i think in terms of the holy grail of modern mainstream which everyone's kind of looking for and a lot of people struggling to get to it's does you know it got it got phenomenal viewing figures mm. and um yeah so it, there is that slightly different tone and so on but in terms of a broad appeal sitcom with a big star in it that and lots of people like, and, yeah. and is very entertaining. I think it's yeah. hits lots of the right markers. Yeah. So that's C catastrophe, car share, mm. and chewing gum. Chewing gum as well. The yeah. E four. Um, again, very rude, but um, but really strong sort of authored piece. Um, Michaela Coel, I think is I don't know how to pronounce her surname. Coel. 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 Anyway, yeah. let's. It's Christmas, so let's go with Coel. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> um, um, it sounds like, very... a, like a Jewish Christmas, uh, Cohen and Noel <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> that would happen. That's what I'm going to call myself now. <laughs> yeah. That's your new sitcom. Dave Coel. <laughs> yeah. um, Christmas Coel. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, very strong in terms of she's an outsider in, in, you know, she's an innocent in a in a very sort of uninnocent world in terms of it's about her being a sort of 20-something on this mm. East London estate where she grew up. And um, I think it's just really interestingly written, very vivid, um, sort of taking us into a world that we might not necessarily experience, but you and it's very, very mm. weird. And you know, things like her first sexual experience, all very bizarre, involving licking and so on. But mm. um, so very vividly communicating what it's like to be sort of this kind of vulnerable, innocent girl in in a 
very not innocent world. Yeah. It's, I think it's done a really good job, and it's coming back for a second series, which yeah. is nice. I, I recommend every writer should should uh, watch it because the thing uh, above all else for me, as well as actually enjoying it and finding it very funny, but the the, the, the thing that I've had a sort of be in my bonnet about is um, that uh, comedy writers uh, do seem to struggle to write. Um, well, most comedy writers, white middle class ones anyway, uh, most of the ones that I know, <laughs> uh, do seem to struggle to write um, ethnic minority characters. And there is a sort of convention that the, the, the black character has to be a, a certain type of thing in a in a sitcom. And she's just funny. And there's black characters and white characters, and they're all just funny for different reasons, really. And it's just a, that, that that's... I mean, for me, it felt like a breakthrough because I'd never seen a show where that was so clear. And it was, uh, and there's, there's always been sort of very kind of laudable attempts to do like more yeah. black sitcoms. And I, th- I think actually there's one quite a long time ago. Uh, no problem was it was 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 a good one. Uh, the Crouches was another one that was tried, and it sort of feels like box ticking going on. But with this one, I really felt uh, this is just she's very funny. She writes funny. The, the character's yeah. all funny, and it doesn't really matter what colour any of the, the, the characters are. So that's, that's definitely yeah. in my, well, my, I thought, my top five. I think well. um, in one sense, I, what I liked about it was it felt like it was a window on a world that I wasn't really part of. And actually for me personally, because also I'm a, uh, I'm a, a, a God-bothering Christian, I was really interested that because it was a black show, it felt like it would have a lot more Christian stuff in it, mm. both positive and negative. I mean, sort of mainly negative, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's better than nothing. Um, so I felt it was, I kind of enjoyed it from that point of view because I thought this feels like it's a natural part of her upbringing that she's slightly rebelling against and her, her sister is obviously still very much committed to the church. Mm. Played, talk about contrast because mm. uh, Susan, who plays that character, um, is also in Bluestone as the most potty-mouthed medic you can possibly <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Um, so to go from that, it just shows Susan's extraordinary range. So I really enjoyed it just because it felt like they she had taken her upbringing and turned a really good comedy out of it, and it, it had all made it onto the screen, and it felt like it was all yeah. there, which was really good. It, you know, I, have, I watched the first couple and thought, oh, that looks great, and you know, maybe I'll see the rest, but I didn't because I have to watch <laughs> lots of other comedies. Yeah. But overall, I was really pleased that it was good. And I'm pleased it's coming back, and it just felt like a voice, which was not just a because also you can a- end up with a this feels like a world I haven't seen before, but it's actually not terribly funny. But actually, it was it was funny as well. It yeah. kind of had everything. So I'm really pleased for that show, and I'm you know so I will look forward to watching the first two episodes of the second series. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, James? Have you chosen? Have we picked your favorite. Uh, Cradle to Grave, I think, is the show that I set the set the sky plus. Video mm-hmm. link, um, whatever okay. they call it now. Um, I, and what was pl- what I really liked about it was how it wasn't a slave to the books. How actually they, pr- I mean, they probably knew this making it, but how it's obvious that Danny's dad is a fantastic mm-hmm. character, and it was pretty much all about him. And so yeah, it was just a join. I sort of ended up not watching them quickly because I didn't want them to end. I didn't want them to run out. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so that was um, so that was my sort of surprise package for 2015. Which right. I was I was I was worried it wasn't going to be great or that it would be, but actually it was it was far better. than I thought I thought it was going to be okay, and it was great. I loved all so of it. I must try it again because I 
caught about ten minutes of it, and in you know it's the wrong way to catch it. I think I should I should give it another go. Maybe yeah. um, you know we don't. You, you, you fell subject. for car share. I didn't yeah. didn't go for car share at all. Yeah. But um, yeah. maybe because it's an area that I write about so much myself. Right. Uh, that I thought oh. Do I want to see something that's so similar to stuff that I'm actually writing at the moment? Um, probably not. Uh, it might Give it another game. Yeah, Katie, have you? Uh, you got a? What was uh, your favourite show? Enjoyed Peep Show coming back. Oh, of course. This yeah. year I did, and Catastrophe as well. I think Channel Four. They're the ones I made sure I caught up with every week, hmm. which is a sign that sometimes I watch one or two and forget. But there were the ones that oh, have I seen the new Peep Show? Have I seen the new Catastrophe? Yeah. Channel Four gets the Katie yeah. story seal of yeah. approval. Yeah. The much coveted award. Peep yeah. Show is definitely, I mean, even by Peep Show standards, I think it's been very, very good, this series. Really, really yeah, strong. Um, because I, I stopped, I, I sort of fell out of watching Peep Show just because, you know, there was so much else on. And then I thought, well, it'll end soon, and then I'll be able to watch all of them back to back. And then it just keeps on coming, it keeps on coming, yeah. keeps on coming. So I've, I've not watched this latest oh. series because I've, mm. I sort of... I've got so much to catch up on. I don't really mm. want to watch it without having to see what happens in the middle. Right. So I've got a bit of catching up to do there because mm. the stuff in their heads is just gold, and then the plotting yeah. is great too. And mm. there's there's so much to like about it. But they're che- we talked about yeah. in the last podcast. Mm. If you can find in your sitcom a way of cheating yeah. so that you can do jokes that no one else can do, the fact that you can yeah. hear what they're thinking, oh, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. That's really good. And also yeah. that double act that's it is as we were talking about last time, cruelty but underpinned by affection. It's kind of that, of course, they saw. And the final episode, I think, squares that off really nicely in terms of um. They, oh, they hang do. on. Oh, it's, oh, things you've you've seen it, and we we yeah. can't, we haven't seen it. So, uh, yeah, but, it does, but, but it's it does, all out. It squares it off it's nicely. All out it's all out now yeah. because yeah. by the time this podcast yeah. comes out, and of course, because it's you know this is the uh, this is new. This is like Jules Holland's Hoot Nanny. This is definitely <laughs> being recorded yes. on New yeah. Year's Eve. Here we go. Yes, two, right. one, happy new year. Uh, yeah, right. I didn't, I didn't yeah. expect them to be abducted by aliens mm. at the end. Wow, that well, was, well, who saw that one coming? I like oh. the um, aliens internal monologues. Though. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's going to presume get its own spin-off yeah. series. Perfect. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's interesting. I mean, we can talk a little bit about uh, the commissioning editors uh, and the, the heads of comedy uh, channels to talk about what they what they want and what they want to see. Um, and certainly since Phil Clark has been at Channel 4, I mean, and he was obviously he was involved in Peep Show at the start, uh, but he's definitely brought um, the kind of, you know, the sort of the urge for, for narrative, for strong writing, hasn't he? He's, he's always been a big, big, strong writing man, Phil. Yeah, and the sort of the big characters like, you know, Matt, Greg Davis in Man Down and Toast of London mm-hmm. with Matt Berry, you know, the kind of real, they are sort of, Deliver quite a thump, don't Greg they? Greg Davis, head and shoulders above. <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. Quite very literally. good, yeah. very good. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's going to be, his um, Christmas Doctor Who episode is... Oh, really? I, mean, I think that's a, that's a Christmas Doctor Who. Even though, yeah, the, the one that was a week already ago. been out. It's already uh, been out. I wonder how it went. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, I think yeah. that's going to be... To think he was abducted by aliens. How banal, how boring. Oh, they played the aliens card again. Ridiculous. Um, we, uh, we should talk briefly about uh, the, the radio um, shows. I mean, I don't know how how much radio you guys have been uh, listening to, and uh, I mean, I, I caught up. I was very pleasantly surprised um, to find series ten of Ed <laughs> Reardon uh, actually exists. Being, <laughs> yeah, actually being as funny as I remember. And, and again, Ed Reardon is a bit like 
mm. with you and Peep Show. It's you know the the, the the commitment to hearing all ten series of of Ed Reardon has passed me by. I will be honest about that. Like, I loved the, the first few series whenever I picked up on it. But I happened to pick up on series ten, and and it just felt really really strong again really brilliantly written and I think a lot of these scripts go up to on uh, writer's room don't they a lot of radio scripts so it's really worth reading uh radio scripts and just just seeing how seeing how much comedy gets packed into like a single you know a single scene really of Ed Reed and there's just just there's so much in there so I really enjoyed that and there's a new uh sitcom by uh, Sanjeev uh, Kohli 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 I don't know I should find out how to pronounce Kohl Kohl <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one. Uh, mixing it, very good, very funny sitcom. Again, uh, pretty—I uh, wouldn't say autobiographical, but certainly set, you know, set set in his milieu, the uh, uh, in Glasgow. Very, very good. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Um, we have to say a sad farewell to Bluestone for two, which of course yeah. had a series this year, which I thought was as strong as all the Was that this year? Blimey. It's it a, 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 I'm not just saying that for effect. I've, I've yeah. genuinely sort of totally well, it's obviously about you it. filmed it more than a year ago. That is true. So, this time yeah. last year we, uh, at the time of me speaking, uh, I'd only been back a week or two and there was frantic edits going mm. on. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. yeah, that was, mm. that was that. Not enough 18 to 24 year olds watched it and that was the end. So that's... But it got good f- figures, didn't it? Good viewing figures? Yes, it did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think also, although it's very sad to say goodbye to it, it's, um, it was, you know, it was kind of a natural ending in yeah. terms oh, of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Own. No, we, we knew we were going to get cancelled, so and we knew that the that because of the troops going and all that kind of stuff meant that it would feel like we'd ended and therefore they could make way for another show. You've so left with dignity. That's fine, yeah, and they all went off on a helicopter except for one of them. And... Um, uh, yeah, so in one sense, you know, I'm not too cross about it, but we, we annoyingly, we'd sort of already assumed that, and then the door was opened slightly for a full series, and then suddenly you think, oh, oh, we could do this, or we could do this, or we could do this, or we could do this, and then they said, oh, actually, no, we won't do a full series. Oh, sort of, don't don't do that. Um, but you know, frustrating. Tied, got tied to... in with all of this anyway, though, is the uh, the, the sort of the tortured. Uh, Demise of BBC Three, really. Yes, and, and uh, which of course earlier this. Or the triumphant few... rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, which, what, what, how would you? What do you think, Alex? Is it which was it? Hmm. Demise or rebirth? Well, I'm going to sit on the fence slightly because I know that it's a massive loss in terms of talent and to sort of ta- talent development and so on. And I know that a lot of people are really um, sad, stroke, angry to see it go and sort of think of all the great shows that have sort of found their feet there. Um, on the other hand, I think there are some bits that are salvageable stroke and promising in terms of that they're going to be doing sort of more short form topical stuff. So that might be quite good for writers who are finding their feet. They're also still saying they're going to do nine or ten sitcoms um, a year. And, and and the fact that they're getting the repeats on BBC One and BBC Two guaranteed. I mean, at the moment, Josh Widdicombe's sitcom Josh is getting 1.3 million viewers when it's doing its BBC one repeat so that's quite a good thing in Mm. terms of um the exposure and so on so i think i think it's a bit of a suck it and see and and i hope i hope that the positives will come out um although i'm very aware that Mm. it's it's probably a big loss but on the other hand if things have to change i hope that those positives do get the chance to come out what about there was this talk earlier this year that the uh this uh 
triumvirate of uh, Hat Trick, mm. Avalon, and Baby Cow were wanting to buy BBC Three. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen now, but they presumably they've you know their their appetite has been whetted. Right? Hey, maybe they'll buy Channel Four. Because <laughs> they're talking about privatising that. And, yeah, uh, that's why true. not? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that would be? Uh, well, I haven't heard any more. I haven't heard since since the sort of they've had the you know the trust have finally confirmed the plans and so on. I haven't heard any more. But I think there's a more general thing where um, maybe there's not scope for them to buy BBC Three, but maybe not just those organisations but others I think a lot of people will start looking a lot more at whether they want to invest in an online channel themselves or you know mm. sort of people getting together and forming these new different sort of ways of delivering comedy I know NBC are doing this sort of um, on demand service that's comedy focused aren't they so I think there are exciting things happening you know sort of Netflix Amazon making quite a lot of exciting comedy also so I think there are things happening that are beyond the kind of linear channels that will be worth watching Right. I don't know specifically with those three organisations whether they'll choose to invest in something else or. Right. But I think I think they'll I think it will be an interesting year this coming year in terms of how people start adapting to the sort of online world and how that opens up. Well, that sounds like the perfect subject that we should do within our next podcast, which <laughs> is uh, going to come up in uh, our first podcast of 2016. <laughs> uh, we shall be talking about um, what what's um, coming up. Uh, what the new year will bring and um, in the meantime we shall say thank you very much thanks Alex for joining thank us you. thanks James and our producer Katie Story and thank you thank you to Soho Theatre for the uh, use of your room as I say next episode we'll be looking forward to what the new year will bring in the meantime you can buy James's book read his excellent sitcom geek blog like us on Facebook uh, if you've got anything to ask us, any 10 pages of your sitcom, uh, send them to us at uh, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at sitcomgeek, at Cohen Dave, at Katie Story, at Alex Hardy Writes. Alex Hardy Writes, <laughs> with the W, I assume. And uh, have a happy new year, and we'll see you again, or you'll hear us again, in 2016. Bye. Bye.